And now, with the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mike Curran, defensive end from the University of California, Berkeley. Let's hand it off to Willie Magoo. Willie, what do you think of that pick? Well, thank you, Kai. It's great to be here. It's an amazing day. It's just simply riveting. It's a bold strategy by the Chicago Bears. They picked up a 5'11 defensive end. He's got lots of heart. He's better than Rudy because Rudy actually only had one sack for his entire college career. But still, bold strategy. Ryan Pace in the bunch. Eh, maybe not the best pick, but we're still happy enough. I see young Michael with a glint in his eye is ready for his post-draft interview. Here we go. Michael, how are you today? Well, it's great. I'm really happy to be drafted. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was going to happen. The Chicago Bears are my favorite team since I was a kid. And I, there's no I team. I just want to give 110% every day. And go Bears! Bear down. And go Bears. Guys, welcome in to a very special episode of the Cager Express on the show today. He's a sports medic, a research scientist, and a human factors engineer. I've known him from my days coaching basketball at Cal State San Marcos. His name is Mike Curran. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is the closest I will ever get to actually being drafted into the NFL. And I appreciate so much for letting me have that. That is awesome. Of course. Of course. That was probably the most epic intro to the show we've had so far in the Cager Express history. I'm glad to be a part of that with you. I am truly glad to be here. That was that was awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Mike, I did a brief introduction on you here as far as your titles, what you've been through educationally. But let's tell the listeners a little about how we met at Cal State San Marcos. You know, what was that? Maybe eight, eight years ago. Yeah, it was probably, shoot, it's probably about 2011, I think, right? I was there 2011, 2014, and I'm pretty sure I met you first year there, more specifically because you were doing assistant coaching work with Correct. men. It was men's basketball and women's basketball, right? Yeah, pr- primarily men's, but I did venture and help out the women's team as well, too. Yeah, and I was assigned to women's basketball. They were they were one of my teams that I, that I cared uh, cared for. Um, I didn't actually have men's basketball. I covered games here and there, but they weren't my team that I was assigned to. Right. There were more than enough characters on that women's basketball team, and right. <laughs> and that was just great times, honestly. But yeah, and then we had talked a bunch because you were obviously helping them out and doing everything from basketball stuff, shooting stuff to kind of giving tips on nutrition and then, you know, um, you know, strength and conditioning and so forth as well. So, you know, we started talking about that and it was just great to kind of talk to you and connect with you on those things. Yeah. At the time, my first impression is, you know, Kai is, is you know, not a kid, but I don't think everyone's kids cause I'm so freaking old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is a kid who is obviously more mature than his years and he's, he's very focused and he's got, uh, you know, a, a very good idea of what he wants to do and also of who he is. So there was this maturity of other years and, and we just started talking more and more and more after that and, you know, changing ideas and perspectives. And you had a very interesting, like you were very motivated to learn more. So you would always also come and ask more questions about sports medicine from what I remember. And then you also became an intern with our, with our sports medicine program. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember meeting you and you were just such a cool guy. We connected not only on an intellectual level, but also, you know, through pop culture, sports, and music, even we have some common interests there. 
you taught me a lot about athletic training and sports medicine. You taught me how to tape an ankle. And I remember racing against some of the other athletic training interns on how fast I could tape an ankle. I think I just barely broke under two minutes, but that's nothing compared to how fast some um, people can do it. How fast can you tape an ankle, Mike? Oh my God, I don't remember. Honestly, right now, you know what? I am so far away from all of that, <laughs> considering <laughs> I've had so many different jobs since, that yeah. I, it would probably take me about 10 minutes. And the whole time I'd just be angry and cynical about it, being like, yeah, I don't care. But I already, you know what? If you're five minutes late on the court because of me, have your coach come talk to me. <laughs> and I'll tell them what's up. I, you know, when I was, when I was good at it, I could, I could come up super quick, you know, because the things that I did that I had you guys do as interns, I used to do when I was an intern. Right. And that's just kind of how it comes along. So there was always a time when, I mean, shoot, I think we had to have it done. Everybody in my internship program, this is at Montclair State University in New Jersey. Shout out mm -hmm. to the Red Hawks. The Red um, Hawks. The Red Hawks, yes. Division three football is where it's at, my friends. Okay. Played in the NJAC, which is a tough, tough conference. We had to do an under minute. That was that was our goal. Our my my mentor, John Davis, great dude, still in touch with him. He sets the, the bar for everyone saying, listen, at some point in time, you need to be able to do this in under a minute. That's that's amazing. Under a minute is very fast. Uh, I never achieved that, but it's awesome to see, you know, people that are able to do that and just the, the pressure that's put on them by different schools. You know, I can only imagine being at, you know, oh. in the NJAC and the, the yeah. pressures the that go on there in Division three football. You know, in the in the rare time that we had off, Mike and I did a lot of training together too. I remember we started working out a little bit to stay in shape and Mike got me into a couple of boxing lessons. We have video. There's video. <laughs> we have video of, you know, Mike giving me some one, two jabs, but um, my hands fall down a couple of times in the video and he smacks me on the head lightly, of course. <laughs> but uh, I remember he was teaching lightly. me about only that. Out oh, only out of love. But have you gotten back into boxing of lately? I know you've, you've done a lot of different things, traveling, and we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later, but have you been able to keep boxing as a hobby? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's really, really tough with the situation today with COVID. The lucky thing that I have is that I, not only did I marry my best friend, I also married my best boxing partner. My wife and I met at a boxing fight night party that my coach actually had. Wow. This is, this is, this is a true story. I, I guess I never even told you this, but yeah, no, I was, I was boxing and she was boxing and, and my coach trained at two separate locations. So we never met before that night. And he invited all of his, all the people that he trained, all of his fighters to his house for a fight night party. And it was, geez, I think it was like Bernard Hopkins versus Jermaine Taylor. I think that was the fight it was going back away. Okay. You know, I'm there and I know everybody in my gym, like everybody in my gym location. I know, I don't know anybody from the other location. And my wife walked in and my wife is a five foot two little bundle of super cute energy. She does <laughs> not look like somebody who boxes at all. Yeah. She doesn't look like she can throw down. So I see her coming in and honestly, I swear to God, my first thought of the fighter's girlfriend. Because <laughs> 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 there's no way that, that this girl boxes. Sitting there and I'm watching, I'm hanging out with everybody and, and we're just watching the fight and everything's going well. And, you know, when the main event comes on, which is Bernard Hopkins, which is, you know, my guy, he was on the downward trend at this time. He was, he was not the same Bernard the executioner of old. He was a right. Bernard who had lost a step and was a lot slower and didn't have as much, uh, you know, power on his punches. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching the fight and I'm obviously engrossed in it and I'm getting a little distressed because Bernard is definitely losing. Sitting down right next to me is, is this cute little bundle of energy 
<laughs> and she's like kind of like bumps me on the shoulder and she's like yeah Bernard doesn't have the wind and I just look at her I'm like Wait, what like <laughs> that's Bernard Hopkins what are you talking about don't come at me and start talking to me about my boy I love Bernard and she's like yeah no I love him too he used to be really good but he's just getting old I was like, <laughs> like what are you talking you don't know boxing like get out of here and she's like <laughs> She's like, you know what would really work? It would be really, really good if you threw up like, like a five-punch combination here that ended with an uppercut because it would have probably catch up. I'm like, wait, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is amazing. And honestly, to this day when we spar, she is much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, that question was in the back of my mind, but you answered it for all the people wanting to know. Yeah, yeah. And, and before anyone gets any crazy ideas, we're like, oh, my God, they punch each other and beat each other up. No. Like when you actually know how to box, you're not hitting each other hard. You're still as fast as you would be, but you take all the power off. You're connecting to score the punch, not to hurt the other person. Well, and the rest is certainly history. I mean, I remember meeting your wife back then at Cal State San Marcos at a couple of events she came by. But now you guys have, have a kid. You have a little family building up there. Two uh, munchkins. We got two munchkins. Two, oh, two. Okay. Two yeah, we got Zoe, who's going to be five in September and mm-hmm. we've got Emily but we, we we all call her Emmy. Emmy is her nickname that everyone uses. Emmy okay. uh turned two in June. Wow. So we have two munchkins, yeah. Congratulations, and, man. Thank you. Thank you. They are they are adorable. They are my everything. And it, it's funny because you know having kids is is its own life adventure. Mm-hmm. It, and when people like ask and say things, you know, it really does change every aspect of your life. And yeah. you have to be cool with that and you have to be prepared for that. And, and it honestly has to be an adventure that you want to take in the same way that going for a PhD is an adventure you want to take or, you know, moving across country is an adventure you want to take. Having kids is an adventure you have to want to take. I mean, it also throws your, your happiness level through the roof in ways you never expected. And, you know, out of nowhere, I'll be sitting on the couch and, and my daughter will just cuddle up to me and she's like, daddy, I love my family. There's, there's nothing else that comes in life that has that same effect on you. My wife is the heart of the family. Like she's, she is the most thoughtful, considerate person I know of. She makes everything that she does with the kids, she tries to make special. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't just make a freaking PB&J sandwich. She buys panda cookie cutters for the sandwich so that every day, you know, Zoe's having a panda-shaped PB&J. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah, like little things like that. Like, like legitimately today, right before I got on this call, I was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for Zoe mm-hmm. and I put it on the plate and I put it in front of her at the table and she's like, daddy, it's not panda. And Come I'm on, like, man. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not good when I do try to do that. You know, jelly squirts out the panda's eyeball. It just, like you don't get panda with daddy. My wife, who was getting ready to go out because she actually has an, a, an appointment today that she has to meet somewhere. She comes out and she's like, do you need me to make the panda? <laughs> I was like, I'm like, no, you got something to be with. It's okay. You heard it here, man. I mean, panda, PB and jelly, you can't go back from that. That's really great to hear, man. Sounds like a wonderful thing you got going up there. Now, I, I know when you were naming your daughters, you considered some names from Game of Thrones characters, and we'll get into a couple Game of Thrones trivia questions later. But I want to ask you a very serious question. I know you have mm-hmm. two daughters now, but do you remember your first child, Xavier? I do remember my first child, Xavier. <laughs> Absolutely. How could I forget? How could I forget Xavier? 
we taught him we taught him the family celebration for sports right away oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man so for the listeners xavier was not his actual child but kind of in a, a metaphorical sense xavier was was the child in vision and the the celebration was a sports celebration with the little with the yeah yeah suck it that's what it was <laughs> which is not appropriate for any six-year-old playing soccer which is exactly how i envisioned this mm-hmm. um but we, we decided to actually over years, I convinced my wife that we still have to use the celebration for when Zoe and Emmy play soccer and whatever <laughs> sport they play. And the only thing is my wife made me amend it. It can no longer be chicka chicka, yeah, yeah, suck it. <laughs> because, you know, right. parents get upset. Yeah. Uh, so it is now chicka chicka, yeah, yeah, got em. <laughs> okay, okay, the PG version. <laughs> we, we PG'd it. And then maybe when they get to high school, they can they can start throwing out the suck it. But for right now... It has to be be got him. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad it's evolved to Mm -hmm. still be acceptable and it still might be used in the future. So you spent some time in Michigan getting your PhD. Um, You've been cold there. Oh, man, I can only imagine, (laughs) especially being in in SoCal, going to Michigan. That's a very uh, temperature change, 180. But you recently, I mean, I thought when we were going to be recording this that you would still be in Michigan, but I found out you're now in California again in NorCal and you drove out here. Yes, I did. Well, I mean, I don't recommend it for anyone. And (laughs) and honestly, I I was also, I was in, um, I was there doing grad school at Michigan. And if you're someone who's trying to live a healthy lifestyle, I don't recommend doing grad school. FYI, just one of those things. (laughs) I've never been more unhealthy in my life than when I was in grad school. I was in the research lab till like three in the morning. I was eating nothing but takeout and candy. So yeah, I was like, I, I felt my whole body deteriorating before my eyes. It was real. What we did mostly is, you know, we had two cars. I sold one car. We sold almost everything we could. Uh, yeah. and, and we moved out to, to, to NorCal and stayed with family for a little bit. Right. And yeah, and I drove from uh, Michigan to California. And my wife to this day says that I had it easy because she actually flew on a plane with a one-year-old and a four-year-old. <laughs> and, uh, and she said that was far more miserable. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So how, how long was the trip, the drive? Like how many stops did you take? Or did you have any car troubles along the way driving from Michigan out here to California? No, you know, so it's actually, I've, I've actually done this a couple of times. And this one only took me three days, three days of driving. I, nice, nice. Got it down to a science. Not Excellent. bad. The only thing sketchy, I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. is going from, going from Utah to California, going through the mountains, okay. uh, which I, I believe is the Sierra Nevada. You want a really good transmission and really good brakes. Like you don't want to do that drive unless you've got a, a solid brake job right beforehand because you're just going down this super steep incline for, for like, you know, you know, miles and miles and miles on end. So you're just riding the brake a lot. So that's yeah. sketchy. I don't recommend that, but other oh, than yeah. that, it's fine. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I don't plan on driving through the Sierra Nevada yeah. anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Not fun. Not fun. Not yeah. fun. <laughs> Didn't do well for the Dahmer party. It's not going to do well for us, even in cars. So yeah. Fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll live vicariously. <laughs> Let's head into the next segment of the show. We're actually going to try 
a new game that I've never done on this show, theme song. So theme song. Theme song. theme song. Mike, I'm going to make a theme song about you. I need you to help me choose some of the lyrics. Can I, can I stop you real quick? Of course. I used to have a theme song in college. Oh, is that okay. so? Now, it's, it, now, obviously, I didn't actually write it, but, but what we did was there was a time when I, you know, I played football in college and all of the football players, we would all choose songs that were our theme songs. When we would have Madden tournaments, we would have our theme songs playing before we played our Madden tournament game. This is not, this is not, a, this is not a joke. Okay. And then, and then if you won the tournament, your, your theme song had to get played for the rest of the night. It was just one of those things where the next day you're at practice and you come in and you've got the song loaded up on your CD disc man <laughs> and you just walk into the locker room playing your theme song. So everybody knows you won. And, uh, and, <laughs> And it just rubs it in just that little extra bit to everybody you played the night before. And they all know it. And uh, mine was Weaker the Strong by Biggie and Eminem. Okay. That was, that was my theme song when I rolled up. And that's just a quality, quality memory lane nugget right there. Excellent. Well, hopefully if this song comes out good, you might have a new theme song to carry with Love you. It. And we can get it on CD for you if you really want. <laughs> You know, I gotta, so this is, this is me obviously being the old guy. And by the way, for everyone that's listening, it's like, oh my God, they're never getting to a segment. The show with me on it is the one where we go off the rails. This is going to go over on time. He does an, a solid tight hour. Usually this is going to be a three hour podcast, Buckle in, get some popcorn, get a drink, get a snack. It's going to be pure quality. It's going to go off the rails. This is how we roll. Yes. Um, <laughs> No, I, I love a quality theme song. A theme song is good. I'm down for it. This is going to be great. I'm, re- I'm ready to rock on this. Okay. So I'm going to give you the category of the type of word you need to give me. And you can give me any word that fits that category. And then I'm going to put it into a song when it's all said and done. We'll hear it when the show premieres. Can I ask what type of, of song this is going to be? Is it going to be hip hop? Is it going to be more of a ballad? Is it going to be like an alternative? So I need, I want to know how to say the word so it fits. Like, (laughs) like, do I need to get Pearl Jam? Like, (laughs) it's going to be, it's going to be hip hop song and it's going to be, it's going to be about you. All right. All right. I'm going to try to get a little bit of, I'm going to, I'm going to try to like harness my, my better MF doom, like vocalist (laughs) styling. And if MF, if you don't know MF doom, please, Please listen if you like hip hop because he's, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Mike. I need a singular noun. Wolf. I need a plural noun. Flock. 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 That's doom. That's like more DMX. I don't know what doing <laughs> Okay. I need a action verb. Paddling. Nice. I need a noun that is a body part. Kneecaps. <laughs> okay i need another plural noun squadron <laughs> nice squadron okay i need a a thing just anything yeah like an object laptop <laughs> great uh, okay give me another body part cranium and then give me a verb skiing okay and give me a food quesadilla <laughs> that's gonna be great in this okay and now last two give me a plural noun and a singular noun them bears <laughs> okay.
Okay, that's that, for my Chicago Bears eyes. That works. That works, right? Yeah, yeah. Dem Bears is good for the plural yeah. noun. What about the singular noun? Uh, um, academy. This theme song was brought to you by Ezekiel Gager Kai. All the way from Jersey. Mike C is a Whoa. wolf and a wolverine, and I know you heard me. He got gaming brains to destroy your team. He's a wealth of knowledge. Sports med take care of kneecaps. Open up his laptop. Research papers to write while his kids nap. What else did you think was going to be on his laptop? Come on. Skiing in the snow and paddling in the Great Lakes. One cut of this pod, that's what we call a great take. He drove across the country just to get back to Cali. Took his whole squadron with him. It's about the family. He's got Jess and Emmy. And don't forget about Zoe. They always watching them bears. No other team they knowing. He's making quesadillas every day in the kitchen. And if it's PBJ, a panda is what y'all missing. Knowledge is his jam. He's filling up his cranium premium with Harry Potter trivia. No stopping. It's insane to you. And if you lost to Mike in boxing, take a seat. You can block and flee. But the truth you need to eat. Don't cry your life away and sit there looking sad to me. You just got took to school. No way. Took to academy. academy. All right, Mike. Now I'm a little worried about this section because we're going to go into some trivia. I have some trivia questions for you based yeah. upon the Chicago Bears, some Game of Thrones nice. trivia, uh, even some Harry Potter and some underground hip hop trivia. I love it all. I've been hearing that you might have some trivia questions for me as well. Listen, listen, Kai. Here, here's, here's the truth of the situation. Okay. I've been listening to the pod. It's a great pod. Thank right? you. Thank you. Love the guests you've had, especially SJ. SJ, if you're listening, it's great to hear you. <laughs> Shout you out to SJ. Much. She watches way too much Friends, but I'm not going to be mad at her for it. I love SJ to death. It's good. Everyone's gone too easy on you, Kai. No one's challenged you. So this is, this is it. This is going to be the time, okay. you know, taking the training wheels off. We're going strong. So you okay. have to, we need to quiz you. We need to delve into Kai here a little bit and see what's going on. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let me hit you with this Bears trivia section first, and then I'll let you sprinkle in some of your trivia as well. Do it. Do it. I, w- I, was, I was thinking of a very creepy Silence of the Lambs quid pro quo, at least. <laughs> or in this case, quid pro quo, Kai. You <laughs> ask a question, I ask a question, you ask a question. Is that, is that, is that smooth? Is that, is that yeah, smooth? we could do that. that. All right, that up the, the, the intensity a little bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then in between every one, can I say quid pro quo? <laughs> <laughs> The creepiness quid pro quo Kai. <laughs> all right i'm on my toes man all right let's do it okay here we go in the category of bears trivia what defensive formation did buddy ryan make famous oh my goodness we love it we love it so it, it was known as the um the 46 defense that is correct yes and it was actually it was actually called that based off of their safety because the safety played such a key role and his number was forty six. That's why it's called the forty six. Yeah, and that, you know, I was actually 
barely born <laughs> when those guys were the monsters of the midway, but I've watched all of their games from that season on replay. And that is just a nasty, nasty football team that, you know, we always talk about so-and-so was great, but could they be great today? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Bill Russell was great, but would he have been great in the 90s basketball game or today's basketball game because the level of competition was so different back then to now? Yeah. I'm not going to get into that debate because I don't know crap about NBA like that. But from a football perspective, every single one of those guys on that defense could absolutely play today. Yeah. I mean, legend, a legendary team. It's the epitome of Ridiculous. defense. Ridiculous. Just beast, just flying all over the place. You know, and, and I just talked about it from the physical, like psychological standpoint of being, you know, the bad man, the, mm-hmm. the beast that wants to, to, to basically take the other person out. They also had the mental side of it where they were being prepped all week long so that they would know every single play the other team was going to run. They knew every tell, they knew every formation and what plays they ran on each formation and what they did in down distance. They were prepped. They, they, they were beasts, but they weren't just physical beasts. They were also mentally getting in it so that there were quarterbacks that were interviewed that played against them that said they knew our plays as well as we did. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to hear. I mean, I love defense and all sports. So to know there was a team like that is just, it's amazing. And it's something that definitely sparks my interest as far as defense and sports over offense. All right, Mike, I think it's time for you to ask me my first question. Ah, quid pro quo, Kai. <laughs> quid pro quo. See, I don't even know what category these questions are going to be <laughs> coming at me. That's right. That's right. That's right. Like I said, training wheels are off. We're going strong. Here we go. Okay. Question one. In 1961, the U.S. financed an invasion of Cuba to overthrow Castro, but failed. This is known as the Bay of Pigs invasion. This directly led to the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962. So, Kai, with this in mind, who is my current favorite player in the NBA? Oh, my God. You know, I thought you were going to ask me what that was called, so I was all ready to say the Bay of Pigs. Man. (laughs) Your favorite player. I don't know what I'm going to say here. Because we were were talking about, because, you know, I'd almost – I'd almost given up on basketball. Yeah. And you, you felt genuinely sorry for me. We had this conversation. Yeah. And then, and then we talked about, you know, oh. like, what do you like about basketball? And I was like, well, I like this guy. Cause, cause he, you know, he's, I his know. game is so much bigger than who he is. And, and, and he just does some things that I've, I haven't seen before, especially from someone his size. And so and I, I appreciate how hard he works. Mm. Oh, that threw me off. I thought I had an answer, but that threw me off right there. <laughs> the size threw me off. Cause I was going to say someone that's pretty big. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo because of the, I think we talked about this story mm-hmm. about how he, he gave all his money to, to someone who needed it or no, he, yeah. he took all his money and gave it back to his, his parents back in Greece. And then he didn't yeah. have enough money to get to practice. So he was like running the streets of Milwaukee, trying to get to practice someone at that yeah. star level to be so humble and was, was just a really cool thing to see beyond he, the sport. And listen, he is awesome. Like, there is nothing about Giannis that you can't love. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo, anybody that even barely likes basketball, please watch Giannis because he is such a good person and he's such an amazing basketball talent. He's so good. Uh, but he's not my, my number one favorite because, okay. because I like the guys that are a little undersized that have to scrap a little bit more and have to 
find ways to win in a game that I think is, is, is dominated by big men. My number one player right now is actually Steph Curry. There's something about Steph, and, I, you know, and, and it, it goes beyond the hype, because obviously when he was throwing up points like crazy, he, he had just a ton of hype going. But there's something about his game that is just, I've never seen someone quite do it the way he does it, where he has so much confidence. He's got a small frame. He's got a good handle. He's got just an amazing shot. And there are just moments when it just seems like he's just making it so easy. And I think the only other person I could compare it to is probably Larry Bird. Let's go to some Game of Thrones trivia. Oh, okay. I'm on this. I'm on this. All right, Mike. Yes. What are the names of the three dragons that Khaleesi has? Mm, So she named one after her dead hubby. So it was Drogon. Correct. She named one after her brother, who was a total asshole. Uh, I don't know why, but, uh, oh, no, actually, you know what? So, so her, okay, yeah, so it's Rhaegon. Very Drogon, close. I should know this. This is like, this is like GOT 101. Um, <laughs> it's not Rhaegon, it's, it's Rhaegal. Rhaegal, Rhaegal, Rhaegal. Okay, I'll, Rhaegal. I'll give it Drogon, to you. I'll give it to you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah, because uh, Rhaegar, Rhaegar was actually his older brother. Correct. Um, yeah. Rhaegar, Targaryen, Drogon, Rhaegar. Crap. I can't believe I'm spacing on this. I've watched this show more times than I can count. And I read all the books. <laughs> and we played in a, a death pool pick'em league. We did. We did. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> Which went almost nowhere, unfortunately. That was so weird. I know. That was hard to do, but it was still fun. Viserion. Yes, Viserion. in the clutch. Viserion, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's his other brother, her other brother. One brother was Rhaegar, and one brother was uh, Viserys. Yeah. Correct. Viserys was actually, Viserys was actually the douchebag. Rhaegar wasn't that bad. Nice job, man. Nice job. Thank you. Pull that Thank out. you. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. <laughs> All right. I like this. I like this. All right. Are you ready? I'm Are ready. You ready for this? I'm okay, ready. Here we go. It's a tough one. Here we go. <laughs> Quick pro qualify. Question two. At the 43rd Annual Grammy Awards in 2001, U2 won Song of the Year with Beautiful Day. Shelby Lynn won Best New Artist. Radiohead won Best Alternative Album with Kid A, which is a great album. Both NSYNC and Backstreet Boys were somehow snubbed for these awards. Kai, somehow snubbed. Snubbed. Kai, between these two amazing bands, who is your favorite? Oh, boys are in sync. I thought there. Were, I was waiting for the misdirection. <laughs> See, that is the misdirection. If you do it every time, it's too misdirect. So this is the misdirection. Backstreet so my, Boys are in sync. You you can't be a fan of both. You right, have right. One. That's what we've learned. Right. So my immediate thought is this is an opinion, but somehow there's a right and wrong answer. <laughs> there, there, there is definitely a right or wrong answer. It's definitely true. Okay, my answer is in sync and that is wrong the correct answer is new kids on the block oh my new God. kids on the block is the right answer they were backstreet boys and in sync before either one of them existed <laughs> new kids on the block also known as nkotb for those who know that is the correct answer oh man this is a hard game show i, I told you the gloves are off it's a tough one it's a tough time all right all right i'm over two but but let's, <laughs> you're, you're, you're two for two. Okay. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. All fun. right. <laughs> All right, Mike. <laughs> Question number three. 
in Harry Potter trivia. Okay. People will disown me if I don't get this, just so you know. Uh, this is, I, I have too this many is friends hard. who know Harry Potter. This is a hard one, man. Okay. As you know, in Hogwarts, there are four houses. Yes. Who are the four ghosts that guard each house? Ooh, wow. That actually is pretty tough. So first off, I have to, full disclosure, I am nerd enough to say that I do have a Hogwarts house. Nice. Um, that Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw. Okay. And the house ghost for Ravenclaw is the Grey Lady. That is correct. Then my daughters, who I have placed them in houses, Zoe is Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. And that one is Sir Nicholas or Nearly Headless Nick. Also correct. Emmy is also Ravenclaw, and my wife is also Gryffindor. Yes, the nerddom goes strong. We've got Slytherin, which is the Bloody Baron. Correct. All you need is Hufflepuff. And Hufflepuff is the one that everyone forgets about. He's a friar, not Friar Tuck. That's the wrong <laughs> literary area. Yeah, I'm just going to say the friar. That's all I got. Hurt. It, it, it's very close. You're, you're one adjective away. It is the fat friar. The fat friar. Oh, no wonder. I was listening to a name and I'm like, ah, it's just the guy's pudgy. It's the fat friar. We've got to stop fat shaming ghosts. Come on. You know right, I mean? right. Uh, come on. Yeah. JK, challenge. what you doing? Yeah, let's go. Come on. Come on. He's, he's a slightly pudgy. Oh, that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> all right. It's going to get intense. Are you okay. ready? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quid pro quo, Kai. All right. Question three. In the United States, all elections are decided based on popular vote, except one, the president of the United States. Getting political fans, you didn't know that was happening. It's cool, though, since it's obviously not that important of a job, and it's a great time to experiment with the democratic process. Thank you, founding fathers. With this in mind, Kai. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm going to say no, because although the sandwich is one of the most versatile foods, the bread of a hot dog is connected. So it's not two pieces of bread put together. Devil's advocate, how many times does the bread and the hot dog become separated while you're eating it? Very true. And, and does that mean it's almost like it's, it's like a, you know, a sandwich in pubis form where it's going to be it's, it's not yet a sandwich but it will become one soon like the caterpillar becoming the butterfly <laughs> it's a, a pre sandwich <laughs> that is correct that is correct hey. <laughs> absolutely i like it we almost got on on, on way too deep of the philosophical bent right there but it was <laughs> that's okay man <laughs> these questions are out of this world <laughs> Let's see. Let's go back to Bears Trivia. All right, let's do it. The question is, what was the original name of the Bears? Oh, going back in the history books, George Sherman Hallis fought the team, and they were the, they weren't even Chicago. They were the Decaters. You're on the, you're on the scent. The, um, the bear. The, the, the Chicago Bear mascot bear that's on the field with them is named Staley. And I think it's because that was the original name of the team. So it's the Decatur Staley. That is absolutely correct. Well done. Nice. Man. Nice. A, a true there. fan. A true I fan. I got there. I can actually even sing the fight song. Which, oh, yeah? Does anybody want to hear that? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, Mike. How many, how many questions do you have for me? 
I have two more questions for you. Okay. I, I went with five. It's a, it, I can cut off and just do one more if you want, or I can do the next two. You tell me. Let's get the next two. I have plenty of questions for you, so I want to make oh, sure. Right, cool. I want to make sure I get all of my questions. All right. all right. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's see what we got here. Question four. Every year, thousands of high school, college, and professional athletes fall victim to various exertional heat illness, including heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Proper prevention of EHI, exertional heat illness, includes heat transference through conduction, convection, radiation, or evaporation. With this in mind, what country in the world would you most like to visit? <laughs> Dang. Back with the misdirection. <laughs> Man, I would like to visit Canada. Really? Yeah. Why? I haven't gone to many NBA games mm-hmm. other than I've been to a Laker game. I've uh, been to some UCLA basketball games for college, mm-hmm. but not too big on going to NBA games, mainly because of price. But if I were to go mm-hmm. to a game, I think it'd be cool to see the environment in Toronto uh, for the Raptors. And then everybody that's gone to Canada, you know, SJ has gone to Canada just mm-hmm. to, to visit. And, and she said it was, you know, a good trip and just like cool things to see and just to see a different yeah. culture. So my answer is Canada. That's very cool. You know, it's funny. Um, I've never been to Vancouver. I've heard it's a great town. Like it's a great city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if this is true. Someone can fact check me, but I heard that Vancouver has the single largest fireworks festival every year kind of like the olympics of fireworks like every country is represented and people fly in from all over the place who are good at fireworks it's a contest basically so people actually get awards for having the best fireworks show the fireworks (laughs) festival that sounds awesome google that ish and see if it's true and then go all right mike this is question number five i believe from me to you and this is in the hip-hop category all right, let's do it. Rapper Most Deaf. Love Most Deaf. What is his real name? I knew you were gonna, the moment you said that, I knew you were going to ask it. Uh, the Mighty Mighty Most Deaf. He's been in lots and lots and lots of movies. Oh, come on, I know this. <laughs> it, this, this one's literally making me mad. <laughs> he, I believe he even has an album titled this. Shit, dude. This is the problem with just downloading music and not paying attention to elements anymore. <laughs> see, see, everyone in the younger generation, you just download. You don't even look at the cover art of CDs anymore, people. That's right. <laughs> you're ruining the experience. I'm going to make everyone in, on, that's listening to this podcast a mix CD, and you're going to listen to it. You're going to find a CD player and listen to it. And I'm obviously just procrastinating because I don't know the answer to this, and it's embarrassing. I want to cheat and go on Google so bad right now. <laughs> I can't. I leave it in too. Leave it in that I was thinking of doing things incorrectly. All right. I would have accepted two answers here. His actual born name, which I don't think anyone knows, is Dante Smith. But Oh, shit. I didn't know that. But he has recently, well, in the last couple of years, changed his name to Yasin Bey. Yasin Bay is what I knew. Yeah, yeah and that, Yasin Bay is yeah. the one I know. And I didn't know Dante Smith or Dante. What was it? Dante. Dante Smith. Yeah. As Dante far as his like birth certificate name is Dante Smith. Oh shit! So that's bad. I never. I literally never knew that. I knew Yasin Bay, and that was right. the one that I was trying to fish for, and I couldn't fish for it. Yeah. Think, All right, Mike. Your final question from you. Final to me. question, and the, the the last time I get to be creepy and say, 
Quid pro quo, Kai. <laughs> Quid pro quo. <laughs> You're lucky we're recording during the day, like. Well, that'd be a little too creepy. And and for those of you who have never seen Silence of the Lambs and you like thrillers, watch Silence of the Lambs. That holds up. That is a movie that will creep you out. Question number five. Blood flow restriction with low intensity resistance training has been found to increase muscle strength and muscle volume to levels similar to high resistance training without any added application of blood flow restriction. With this in mind, <laughs> who is your current favorite basketball player? Oh my God. I was ready to say occlusion training. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right, you know, that was actually, I came up, I, I could have. The funny thing about this is I started off actually asking real questions for all of these. Yeah. And because, and I was like, eh, it's more fun just to mess it up and do more. more to <laughs> like, like, do people really want to hear like, oh, like, oh yeah, I did this research study about blood flow restriction. Yeah. And then it's occlusion training. If, if people know me, they know the answer to this question. My favorite basketball player is Russell Westbrook. Russ? Is it because he went to UCLA? Because that's such a homer call. It's it, <laughs> such a homer call. Come on, dude. Okay. Come on. Okay. It is. Yes. So I've liked him since he's been at UCLA. Obviously, he's well into the NBA now. I like him for his hustle. I like him for his athleticism. Come on. That, and I, that is the wrong answer. <laughs> no, you got to <laughs> understand. I am a Russell Westbrook fanatic. I have him on my walls. I have his jerseys. I understand he's a very polarizing player. And to let you know that I'm not crazy, he does take some really horrible shots. <laughs> and he, yeah. does, he does lose games at times for his team. Oh, um, you know, I, ro- I root for him, though. You know, I know he's in a weird situation now in Houston, and he's taking less threes. They're trying to find him as more of a you know, second option as a drive and, drive and slash guy. But yeah, Russell Westbrook, I won't back down from it, man. (laughs) You just gave me like the most heartwarming like like case for Giannis. And that's why I was like, oh, he's going to go with Giannis here. And it's like, you went with Russ? Oh, UCLA. All right. All right. I'll respect it. He is a really, really, really good player. I mean, there's no doubt. And can I give you another answer too? Yeah, I was going to say, if we remove Russ from the equation, who would be it? Does it have to be a player that's currently playing or just anybody? No, you can, you can give me anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, I mean, this is, this is one of the things, too, where I'm also curious to see, like, historically, like, who stays in, like, that mental space of people who love basketball, right? Because, like, yeah. historically, I mean, yeah. it, it's one of those things, how much do we go back? The people that stand the test of time, the people that are iconic are always okay. the ones that are interesting to me. Hence the reason why, like, my iconic players, like I yeah. said, Charles Barkley and, and Allen Iverson, those are the two that, like, are iconic to me oh yeah so one of my first favorite basketball players and one who really like got me into basketball as far as trying to model my game and just like value beyond basketball was larry hughes you know who that is so i'm gonna i'm gonna say that it rings a bell but i'm honestly not sure okay well you can you can look him up but larry hughes played for the 76ers for a little bit and then he also played for Washington Wizards and the Warriors, but more predominantly the Washington Wizards. And I like him because he was a defender. Mm -hmm. He could score, but he, you know, led the league in steals one time. Mm -hmm. But also I kind of followed his story so much. He had a brother who had a heart condition Mm -hmm. and 
he entered the draft early, you know, to get money for his brother to help with the, the surgery that happened that needed to happen. Um, he was able to get the money and have that surgery. And then still the surgery was just to kind of prolong his life. So he brought his brother with him basically everywhere he went in the NBA just to experience what it was like to meet all these players and, you know, live his dreams because he knew he was going to pass sooner than the normal wow. human life expectancy. Yeah. Um, and so that, that really kind of touched me as far as like, he's, he's a famous basketball player. He makes, he now makes a lot of money, but he had to work for it and he's doing it for the right reasons. He's giving it back to his family. So that's one of the reasons why Larry Hughes has always been one of my wow. favorite basketball players. No, that's, that's awesome. I actually, I will, I will look him up a little bit more too. That's, that's great. If those are moments where kind of, um, you know, it, it restores your faith and in, in humanity and in, in the things that they're doing, which is hugely, hugely helpful. All right. Well, we made it through the trivia. I think I went like what, one for five for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's I told you. It's, it's going to be a challenge. It's okay. You'll regroup. You'll come back even stronger. That's, that's how we roll. That's, oh, yeah. That's what this is. Got to bounce back. Got to bounce back. That's right. All right, Mike. As a self-proclaimed nerd and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that we're yeah. gonna we're gonna end this show with our top five segment being your top five favorite harry potter characters i'm gonna start at number five okay and number five because they're twin brothers i put them down as one except acceptable <laughs> acceptable um so i went with fred and george weasley the twin yes um and and you know before i even get into this i just want to preface everything i have two kids Obviously, I read all of these books long before they were born, so so it's not even like I'm using my kids as an excuse for why I've read this. Harry Potter is just it's a it's an amazing book. It's an amazing series. There are very few pieces of literature that completely immerse you. That when you read them, you feel like you're in the world, and that world for a brief time while you're reading it becomes tangible. You can see the things there are to see. You can smell all the smells. You can taste the food they're eating. You hear all of the hum of a school that happens to have magic in it. Beautiful storytelling. So it anyone is. that's listening, I would say, please pick it up. If, it is, if you are anywhere vaguely interested in it, I would highly recommend it. With that as my preface, so number five, Fred and George Weasley. Okay. They are uh, Ron Weasley's brothers they're the mischievous ones. They're the ones that are like the good kids, but they're always kind of doing something bad. They always have a little bit of, of larceny to them. There's always a little something that they're doing and they're always kind of one step away from undermining the system that they have. And they're hilarious. Like they're good heartwarming kids, but you know, they're the ones who give the Marauders map to, to Harry. Yeah. And that is very kind of iconic, you know, it's an iconic moment and it's also indicative of who they are. Because, you know, the Marauder's Map is, is this map that lets you see every single person in every secret passageway in the castle. So you can basically sneak around and be up to no good. And it, and it literally says, when you open it up, it says, you have, to, you have to, to open it and see it. You have to say, I am solemnly swear I'm up to no good, right? <laughs> and, and, and that's who those guys are. Like, they're up to no good, but they're, they're up to no good, but in a good way, right? Because yeah. They have nothing but love for their friends. They have nothing but love and support. They are absolutely 100% brave. They are there till the very bitter end when things get bad. There's a time when the school essentially gets taken over and, and no one knows how to deal with this oppressive authority that takes over the school and Fred and George do it best. Like oh, yeah. They find the way to say, no, we're not taking this anymore. 
piece <laughs> and they do it with style and flair and it's, it's beautiful and I love it. And, and for that moment alone, I, I would absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, I, great choice with Fred and George. Yeah. All right. And what about number four? Number four, Luna Lovegood. Oh, a great choice. Like, Luna Lovegood. like love the name. She's she, great name. Great name. Love her to death. Uh, again, for those who don't know, that, you know, we, we mentioned it before, there's four houses, uh, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. And obviously every, every, every house has certain personality traits, certain things they're known for, what they're, what they're renowned for. And uh, Luna is in Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw is, you know, their house words are wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure. So, so these are the ones who are supposed to be the, the brightest, the smartest, the most clever, the most creative kind of like the ones who really excel at like creativity, art, and uh, academics, science, mathematics. And Luna is kind of an outcast, even, even among the house that is, you know, the, the creative and the clever and the wise, she's almost too far out there on that creativity bench. She's almost too far out there in that cleverness where because of this, she, she is, you know, seemed to not fit in, but then obviously she doesn't fit in with the other houses either, but, but she really is, is quite brilliant. You know, she has oh, a yeah. big heart. She's always thinking we, we sometimes, and even in, you know, even in the story, when they talk about Ravenclaw, oh, well, the, the first thing I ever think is, oh, they're academic smart. You know, they, they're book smart. They study a lot. They know the, they know the potions and, and the math and the arithmetic and, and, and all of the mechanics. And the creative one, which is Luna, who she exemplifies, is kind of this secondary afterthought. But what people don't recognize a lot is when it comes to intellect, true intellect, you have to be able to have creativity. It is the creativity that is going to allow you to think of something that no one has ever thought of before. It is creativity that allows innovation and inventors to have this muse to create something that no one thinks they can. When, when you think of, you know, Graham Bell inventing the telephone, the idea of talking to somebody miles away through a phone is bizarre. No one would ever do it. You have to be able to conceptualize that before anyone else shows it to you. That's who Luna is. She sees these things from not just one angle for a solution, but many different paths to the solution. And she has a pure heart of gold. So yeah, Luna is, is number four for sure. A great choice. One of my favorite characters as well. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right. And, and then he number... represents my house too. I'm also raised. Oh, that's so. true. That's so true. Huge, huge key. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Coming in at number three. All right. This is controversial. And, and if, if any of, of, of my nerd friends who are also Harry Potter people hear this, they, they, they will most definitely get angry at me and I'll, I'll get some, some anger, angry messages. Bellatrix Lestrange is my number three. Okay, so we're going with the villain. You have to have a villain. Have to have a good... Listen, you cannot have a story without good villains. You mm -hmm. cannot. It, the story will fall on deaf ears. It will be boring, and no one will care if the challenge is not great. And to add personality and style to the villainy is huge. The, may, the big bad in this story, as everyone knows, even if you haven't read it, is Voldemort. Absolute. Great character. Great villain. There's another villain who is so evil that I cannot put her on my top five list because I hate her so much, and that's Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> and she is just evil and cruel and, and probably scarier than Voldemort, to be quite honest. But Bellatrix makes this list 
because she is the crazy that is just like she's the villain that's full crazy like full insane like she's the one who is threatening you and you know joking about possibly like you know taking you out while also dancing around like she's a ballerina like yes. she's the one who's like putting herself in a position to come a hair away from dying herself because she thinks it's funny she she's like the joker crazy like she's got that intensity to her personality yeah and there is a level of craziness that is amazing she she kills a major character and after she kills this major character she's hopping and skipping away saying i killed so so i killed so so this is a great day for me and just happy like going through the halls and like people are running after her fiercely because they're freaked out like oh my god you killed him and she's just like yeah i did it's cool it's fine azkaban is the wizard prison the wizard prison is um basically um secured by dementors who are creepy magical beings that literally suck all of your happiness out of you okay she was in the wizard's prison for 11 years. <laughs> Imagine being in a prison where literally all of your happiness was sucked out of you. Every happy memory was sucked out of you for 11 years. And she busts out like, yeah, it's cool. I'm going to go kill some people now because that was not a big deal. Because, yeah, it's whatever. Just oh, an amazingly man. evil, great villain who you're just like, you know, she's definitely a villain, but damn, she's got style. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, for, for all those super nerds out there on the character alignment chart, just the, the epitome of chaotic evil. Full-on chaotic evil. All right. I like that. I like that. At number three, we got Bellatrix Lestrange mm-hmm. coming in in the top two. Number two. Number two, Minerva Megallion's McGonagall. Okay. So, again, I, I, I'm going to go full nerd here. I, I do have a lot of friends who, who we, we talk Harry Potter. There is another podcast uh, called Binge Mode where they broke oh, down yeah. every single movie and chapter of Harry Potter. Um, I, I've listened to it tremendously. Have you listened to it before? I have, yeah, with Jason and uh, I Mallory. Forgot it. Jason yep, and Mallory yep. Rubin. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Jason Binge Mode. Mallory Rubin. Yeah, they, they're awesome. I love listening to them talk about it. You know, those guys are guys who, like, they make me want to have a podcast. Like, I yeah. think they're awesome, but I honestly, I would never do it as well as they do, but they're, they're brilliant. And one of the, one of the, the headcanons they kind of created is that Minerva McGonagall is a <laughs> compulsive gambler. Yes. It's like the reason why she's constantly like letting uh, Harry off on, on uh, punishment is so that he can play in the next game because she's got money on, on Gryffindor. <laughs> so, so they call her Medallion because Medallions are the money in the world. So they Megallion. call her Medallion, yeah. But, which is just awesome. Like I see her going to like the wizarding like bookie and being like, hey, let me, let me get another 50 galleons on this guy. It, it's, it's, I mean, that's a great pod, but the, 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 this character is amazing. Like like Minerva McGonagall, outside of the headcanon stuff, outside of the, you know, we think she's got her own bookie. In the actual story, she's just one of the most brilliant, one of the most powerful witches in the wizarding world. And, you know, the, the main kind of patriarch of, of this story is, is Albus Dumbledore. He is, mm-hmm. he is the, the father figure, the mentor figure for everyone, but of course, Harry, who is the main character. 
And he does a lot of things to try to make sure that people are safe and take care of everyone and defeat Voldemort. And, and the thing that he, again, he's done these great things and, and he does a great job of doing those things. And he's, you know, probably the most powerful wizard in the world, but he goes off on these tangents and he kind of takes these chances and takes these risks with the lives of children, <laughs> you know, for this greater end game, but he's, he's taking risks, you know, and, and and this is not something that you get if you watch the movies, to be honest. It's really only something that you get if you read the books. Minerva is genuinely the one who really plays it safe and is possibly the most logical and the most organized and the most careful of the two. If, you know, if, if Albus is the, the patriarch of, of everyone, all the students are, you know, Megalian and McGonagall is for sure the matriarch. You know, she is the one making sure that everyone is safe, and she is the one that has a more logical, reasoning, kind, and, and consistent um, mindset throughout. And she also is, you know, hugely important in, in defending the students and, and staying around to make sure that everyone's going to be okay. But she's just a great, strong female figure in this story, in a story that has tons of strong female figures. You know, I mean, I think you know, if you look at my top five list, you know, there's going to be, you know, um, four females. I, I love Minerva McGonagall. Um, there are moments when I, because, you know, when I worked at, at Michigan and at Cal State San Marcos, I, I, and I taught at Cal State San Marcos, and, and there are days when I would try to, like, harness my inner Minerva McGonagall, you know, <laughs> when I have to go and teach, I want to make sure that everyone knows, hey, we're on point here, we're doing this, this, and this, get it done. And I even actually, I remember having more flash drives than I could freaking count when I was there because you know, some of it's for from the classes I'm taking, some of it is for um, you know, classes I'm teaching, some of it's for my research. But my teaching flash drive, actually, I, I, I labeled it McGonagall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always to remind me to try to be the best teacher I could, best professor I could be. That's when you know you're fully immersed in the Harry Potter world, <laughs> when you name fully. your flash drives. All right. Well, you may have alluded to it, but if there's four females in your top five, that means number one has got to be a female. Number one is female. Number one is female. Number one is, you know, hands down my favorite character within the book. It's Hermione Granger. You know, we talked, we talked a bit about how, about how we joked about possibly naming my, my second daughter, Aria. And -hmm. I stand by that. I think that would be a, that would actually be a pretty good choice of names in general uh, right, from the right. Game of Thrones world. Not as sad as those people who named their kids Daenerys or Khaleesi, which yep. there are a lot of people who did that. Yeah. And, then, and then bad things happened with that name. Uh, but Arya, Arya, I think, is a very pretty name, actually. And it was, it was in consideration until, uh, until it got shot down eventually. But Hermione, honestly, there was a moment. There was a moment when I was going to ask my wife, hey, can we name one of our kids Hermione? love the name it's very very pretty i think about it and the thing about when when people like myself who are, are nerds and, and and super fans we see these characters with such amazing values and attributes and we think to ourselves man if there is some way as a parent that i could find a way to pass on these attributes and, and values to my kid i would be a, you know that would make me a good parent and you know, irrationally, maybe if I name them the same name, maybe that'll help. And it's irrational and we move on. But Hermione Granger is just everything in this story. She is by far the smartest of the three. When we talk about the big three, we talk about, you know, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Hermione is the one who is the most on point. She is the best at all of her classes. 
she is the most gifted witch in her class. She, the, the potions come easy to her. The spells come easy to her. She puts in the work. She does the research. She's in the library. She's studying. She's referring books that most of these kids have never heard to. Anytime they need to solve a problem, they go to Hermione. Anytime they need to figure out a spell and incantation, they go to Hermione. Anytime they're just not sure what the next strategy is, they go to Hermione. If Hermione is not there for Harry, Harry goes nowhere. He gets nothing done. Hermione is intelligent, creative, kind, caring, composed, cool under pressure, and she never allows herself, her emotions, to overwhelm her logic. She always finds a way to be on point and focused. Even though it may be tearing her up inside because she does have a big heart, she still makes the intelligent, logical call. And you know, again, you know, shit, not even my kids, if I can have attributes that relate to that, I will be stoked. Because again, those are the things you need to get things done, to get through. Early on, she comes across as this know-it-all and, you know, do you really want to hang out with the know-it-all who's constantly raising her hand in class? But she's so much more than that and everyone sees it. And she ends up changing just a little bit. And I always said, and obviously, I'm, again, my nerd them, I always say I'm a Ravenclaw and Hermione should have been a Ravenclaw. Yeah. I mean, there's just no other way about it. She should have been a Ravenclaw. It's absolutely true because she's so intelligent and, and brilliant and, and gifted in that way. Great. Oh, that's a great list, man. I mean, I, just to recap, you started in at number five, we got Fred and George, the mischievous twins. Number four, we had Luna Lovegood. Number mm-hmm. three, Bellatrix Lestrange. Number two, Minerva McGallion McGonagall Mm -hmm. and number one Hermione Granger I think a lot of people will relate to that list Um, especially your number one hard to hard to argue that Um, and and personally really cool to see that the main character of the story is not even on that list tells you how deep of of a series that is the characters are really relatable all around besides the top five there's so many characters that are memorable and enjoyable well, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, obviously Harry's a great character and everyone loves him, but I, I think I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm alternative. I'm not putting Harry on. No, Harry's a great character. The problem is, is that when you're being immersed into the book, you, you're being immersed from the perspective of Harry. You know, um, the writer, J.K. Rowling, she does a very good job of making you feel in many cases like you are Harry. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, why it feels like me to put a cop out, you know, for it to be a cop out to put Harry on this list is because it almost feels like if I pick Harry, I'm picking myself. And then I also had a couple honorable mentions, which is um, Remus Lupin, who, okay. who is who is Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor for one year. And he's a great character. Uh, he really, really has a big impact on Harry's life. He helps teach him um, how to do, you know, the... the um, Expecto Patronum spell, which is a huge spell, which is truly helpful for Harry and, and throughout the rest of his arc. Ginny Weasley, who in the movies gets kind of shafted. Um, <laughs> Hardcore. I, yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting about that because, you know, if, if, if I, you know, she, she was probably the closest to making the top five. And, and if I had said that and someone had just watched the movies and not read the books, they'd be like, huh, who, what, why, well, who would, why? But in the books, she's like, she is nothing short of badass. Like yeah. she is like 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 she is also naturally gifted as a witch. She does amazing magic and she is possibly a better um Quidditch player than Harry. She has you know <laughs> raw innate power that in her spells that other people cannot match, but she just lacks control in moments. 
and, and her, like, she's just a stud warrior. Like, she's a boss. And then the last one for honorable mention was Dolores Umbridge as the villain. Ooh, um, that's a tough she, one. Yeah. She's just evil. You, you need characters you just love to hate. That you're just like, this person is so terrible. I just cannot wait to see her fall. And that is a compelling character. It's an amazingly well-written character that brings out so much cringeworthy hatred toward them because she is so evil from a position of authority. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like you said, I don't think anyone out there likes her, but no, definitely a memorable villain um, and, and somebody that you're ready to see fall one way or another, however it happens. Me- need to see fall i need to i needed to see her get hers (laughs) (laughs) well excellent mike well i appreciate you man coming on sharing your knowledge letting people learn a little bit about you and and switching the show up a little bit and challenging me in the in the trivia questions Uh, i gotta brush up on my trivia too (laughs) absolutely spice it up switch it up on you man no free rides man no free rides it's (laughs) Gotta 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 challenge you a little bit. Get of course, your <laughs> of course. Well, I appreciate you being here, and we'll uh, we'll definitely be in touch. And maybe if you come down to San Diego soon, we can link up again. I'd be Absolutely. awesome to see you soon, man. Absolutely. I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for having me on. This has honestly just been a huge pleasure. It's, it's something that I, I look forward to. It, it's great. I really enjoy listening to the show. I, I think you should be very very proud of this show. It's it's really impressive, and you know, it's one of those things where you know a lot of people talk about things they're going to do and, and mm-hmm. the fact that you've you've done this and you've done it so well it's 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 very impressive thank um, you man so thank you thank you so much i'm very happy for you and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud of you and i just want to say you know it's a, it's a great job and that's that thank you for tuning in to this episode of the cager express all audio and music production was brought to you by me ezekiel cager kai with the help of my friends We write this show for you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on your favorite listening platform. And if you feel inclined, please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or even our Facebook page. You can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram on The Cager Express. Tune in on Thursdays for the latest episode. And coming soon this year, time is all we have. A storytelling series from me to you guys. But until next time, you know what time it is. Stay smart, stay safe, and have fun.